All right. It's recording. How do you feel? <laughs> cool. You just yawned. <laughs> I yawned, and now I feel under pressure. Isn't it yeah. so funny how it just feels totally different when you know you're recording? Mm. Not in a bad way or a good way, but you do feel it, right? I mean, mm. it's like, uh, it's just interesting. It doesn't help to have this, like, big phallic object. <laughs> <laughs> and I the red weird... light. The red light is quite, yeah. Oh, I can't see the red light. Oh. I just have a well, weird grin on my face because we're not being recorded and it changes the atmosphere. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. The key thing is to not look at the phallic object. <laughs> Focus on the people across in the life. In, in, in general. <laughs> so what's up? I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> what's how are you, up? How are you feeling? How are you feeling, Dan? How are you feeling about life? Uh, yeah. I feel pretty good about life at the moment. Because Why? why? Because I feel like, and I know, I feel like I've earned, like, some some chill time. Oh, nice. Some downtime. Good for you. Not that I should necessarily have to earn it, but my sense of activist duty, like, commands that I earn it. And now I've done loads of direct action, so, and some other stuff. Uh, and so now I feel like I yeah going to have a break. I know exactly what you mean, that, yeah, you feel like you have to uh, do a lot of shit. To enjoy free time. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel like talking about or telling us about all the actions you've been up to? Or do you yeah. feel like not even talking about that? I can talk about some sure. of that. Sure, oh. Without incriminating myself. Uh, <laughs> no, we... Um, so, uh, at the beginning of May, we... Some people in the UK, we went to Wales to shut down a coal mine called Fran, And... It's a cute name for. A I'm not sure if that is how do you say it. Yeah, it's, um, it's in South Wales near um, the Brecon Beacons, um, and we went because there's a group there called United Valleys Action Group who uh, have been campaigning for like ten years since before the mine existed to to not have it on their doorstep. Um, so we went to do like a mass action in solidarity with them, and they were actually in my affinity group, like the local <laughs> crew. Great, aren't they? they were awesome. Yeah, so they were so much fun. So supportive uh, and like and strong. You were there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was my first kind of thing like that. So it was really interesting, actually. So much fun though. Very like, you just feel like the sound <laughs> sounds strange to say, but you feel the power of the people much more when you you sort of make a difference in a as a group. Oh, nice. Interesting about what you were saying earlier about you can't necessarily make more than 150 like meaningful relationships mm. I don't know how many people were at that camp but 300 um, 300 400 yeah. but you, I mean there were people you don't recognise walking past sort of it's just mm. it's very different oh yeah yeah no you can I mean you can definitely have incredible human experiences in huge masses for sure um, but I think what I was saying before is just like how many people can you actually know yeah. in in your life and have it as a serious sort of mm. constant community mm. members, you know. Uh, but no, no, that that doesn't take away at all from the no. experience of like doing cool shit with a huge number of people. Hell yeah! And probably better, or sort of maybe not better, if you have like a an aim because the aim was the action, which was the end of the camp. So mm. yeah, and so so how did it go? Did you? Shut it down. We, we <laughs> shut it down. We, we didn't have any problem getting in. The police were really hands off. Hmm. And no one got arrested the whole day. Nice. Um, and when we got down deep into the pit of the mine, we had, like, uh, some raves. And hmm. then when it rained, we went underneath a digger 
and had like a rage under the machine. Really? Yeah. You had a rave in the in the coal mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No shit. It was great. We, well, we took in like loads of mini rigs, like all joined up with a subwoofer in someone's backpack. So we had like tunes blaring out all day, um, and then we did like we made a giant red line with like a dragon at the front of it. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. It was cool. That's awesome. <clears throat> cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the one of the weird things I felt about the camp was like. It was on common land, or whatever common land means, um, and the company Miller Argent wants to enclose like this new space mm. in order to make a new mine, which is why we were there, because mm. you know. Okay. So we don't want any more, any new coal mines. So um, I thought that was interesting because I don't know like whether new enclosures occur much in the UK these days. Mm. You know, land is pretty much privatized fully, um, but. You know, mm-hmm. people. There's been like new enclosures, the world over, mm. outside of the UK, like mm-hmm. much more recently, and it's just like, you know, has to capital has to like find frontiers on its doorstep now as well because it's running out of land mm. to expand into globally. Yo, coal, coal mining <laughs> is fucking crazy. I would never do that yeah. shit. No, I mean, mad, mad respect to people who like have to do that to you know get by. And uh, I'm not saying it's like perfectly dignified work if that's like what you have to do if that's what your community does or whatever but me fuck no i would never <laughs> get down to one of those coal mines i mean that's like one of the re- i think that's one of the best one of the one of the many reasons to be opposed to uh coal mining and this sort of like fossil fuel extraction it's just because the labor itself is like i feel like if i wouldn't do it then i can't support it you know yeah uh, <laughs> it's like yeah that's just crazy that people go down into those mines it's horrible yeah yeah Interestingly, um, I was I was not with Dan's group, so I was I went to a sort of separate gate where we could see the miners, and they obviously couldn't work. So um, they were the other side of this fence. It was almost weirdly symbolic, but they were the other side of this fence, kind of taking distant selfies with us in the background, sort of dancing and holding up posters and things like that and banners. Um, and then they were they started playing football and like they were just having a really chill time. They hmm. it was really kind of in support, sort of, with our, in solidarity with us, which was nice. Mm. So Awesome. Sounds yeah. like a good experience. Though. They were good. really friendly. They were really yeah, friendly. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. That's sweet. Because we want, we're we on want the same them. side. Yeah. In the end, which should be. Cool. So <laughs> Should be. Right, right. So that's good. So now you feel relaxed. Now you feel like you did some shit. You can, now you can chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Went to Germany. That was fun. Oh, do you want to talk about that too? Or you really don't have to. I mean, I'm, no, no. Yeah. Not particularly. But you can if you want. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we did a similar thing in Germany with okay. more than ten times the, the number of people, um, with like rolling blockades of railway tracks and occupations of the of the digging machines. And you did all this stuff in a, like a, a few weeks or how? Long? Uh, yeah, there was like five days in between me coming back from Wales and going to Germany. And do, so, who did you do this with? Like, were you were you like was there funding and support for this or? N- no. Okay. It's like, um, well, there was like I think. You have to, like, when you go to the camp, you donate a bit to the infrastructure and food and okay. stuff. Not that much, because there's so many people that, uh-huh. you know, economies of scale or whatever, it's fairly, like, sure. it's fairly good. And uh, reclaim the power in the UK, subsidise some of the transport to Wales and stuff like that, mm. so it wasn't massively expensive. Cool. Um, and if no one, if you couldn't afford it, it was like, just come anyway. Do you know, like, it was not like mm-hmm. there's a, any kind of financial barrier. That's the idea anyway. Although obviously there is, so most people have like work to go to and stuff. So yeah. <laughs> that's the joy of working part time. 
and just uh, nice. That's good. I'm, well, I'm glad that you're now in a sort of chilled out state where you feel like you're allowed to relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of think it's fucked up that that's how <laughs> that's how people think and feel. Especially like yeah. I mean, like activist culture kind of like makes you feel like that. it's very it's a very Christian thing. I mean, you know, it's like mm, you yeah. have to sort of uh, do your duties, uh, make your sacrifices and then you're yeah. of, of your free time. Yeah, and then like you're allowed to rest on Sunday. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nadia says that a lot. Yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. The culture yeah. here is really Christian. Yeah. Full of guilt and like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think it's pretty fucked up. I mean, I'm kind of. I, I understand it, and I do the same thing. I do that especially with work, just uh, with my own sort of yeah, the, the everyday work that I have to do. Um, like I can't chill the fuck out if I if I didn't you know do a certain amount of like emails that day, you know yeah. that kind of thing. I definitely so I do the same thing, but I think it's fucked up, and I'm, I'm trying to move away from it as much as possible. I'm trying to basically learn kind of like psychological tactics for like, freeing myself from shit like this, you know? Um, that's kind of, like, the... That's, like, the tip I'm on. The, like, radical poli- political, mm-hmm. like, thinking and practice kind of, like, place that I'm in. Mm-hmm. That's, like, what it, what it means to me at this point. Um, or just the aspect of radical politics I'm kind of working on and thinking on. Thinking on. Um, yeah, like, I want to do... I want to go to protests and shit like that just when I want to. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to go on direct actions every now and then when I when I'm feeling like that sounds fun, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't ever want to feel like... like have to. Yes, exactly. And I often do. And so now I'm kind of, I'm almost actually kind of going out of my way to when I feel the compulsion that I have to do some activist work um, to because I feel like I, I owe it to someone. I almost tell myself, no, okay, you're not doing it now. You know? <laughs> uh, just to, to resist that, that way of thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, do and, you, sorry. Yeah, do you no. explain that to... To the people that you otherwise will feel guilty about. Um, yeah, I write like long ass emails to all the Plan C people all the time. Like, <laughs> I love those emails. Basically, I just saying, basically, thing. just kind of, yeah, just saying, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of moving into like an attitude towards radical politics where it's like, all the, all the only actual obligation anyone has is to be as radically honest with themselves and with like their friends and comrades and family and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like if you can do that you actually start breaking down a lot of this fucked up thinking and this like these like fucked up compulsions that sort of order our lives and stuff like that but but ultimately make ourselves kind of like dominated objects uh under our own kind of like domination do you know what i mean uh so i feel like if you just practice like absolute radical honesty and trying to be just take your own feelings and your own sort of joy in some sense as like the only mm. compass and then your the 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 work and the care that you put into the projects you're involved in or the, the friendships or relationships or communities that you have, you make that work simply being faithful to your feelings and joy. Like, not only do you start breaking down these, like, fucked up compulsions that make us shitty, like, wound up people, um, but you start learning about how, like, our own kind of, like, repression and oppression functions, you know? Like, you start, you actually start uh, illuminating, like, the actual mechanisms that make us, like, fucked up you know, repressed, uh, alienated people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so to me, that's like a service. That's like an, that's like, that is work. That is doing work for like radical culture and building like revolutionary movements. Um, whereas if you just do things cause you feel like you have to, or you just feel like, um, bad if you don't do them, you're actually not breaking down or opening anything up. You're just, mm. um, you're, you're precisely just kind of like, uh, persisting in, in the status quo in some sense. I mean, I do that also. I'm not, like, looking down on that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I'm interested in kind of a different angle, maybe. 
And so, to, to yeah, do that is also just to accept that all modes of organising up to now have been the right ones. Um, but we haven't won, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're like, um, you know, if you feel, like, guilty that you're not doing your bit in this kind of, like, uh, this kind of campaign or this scene or whatever, then the assumption is that there, there's, like, value to doing that. Mm. Um, which there may well be often, but um, we don't, like, stop and always evaluate whether that's the case, I think. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I also think uh, that trying to deal with this in your own head is, like, part of anti-work politics. Uh-huh. So part uh-huh. of anti-work is, like, materially, I want to, like, get paid more, work less. You know, these are, like, basic demands of the class. But then <clears throat> also you have to try and deal with, like, the the boss in your head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Who is in all of us. And uh, try and just smash the work ethic. Yeah. I feel like that is the really hard thing to do. Re- yes, really exactly. Aw- exactly. Aw- like, awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the reasons it's so hard to do is because when you try to do that within the sort of activist cultures, what it actually looks like is just selfishness. Yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> like, you actually just yeah. look like a selfish, self-absorbed, uh, self-obsessed uh, person who only cares about themselves. That's actually what it looks like. Um, and I'm aware of that. I mean, I'm aware that that is actually kind of how I seem sometimes. I kind of come off that way. I'm, I'm aware of that. But to me, but I'm learning that that itself, to be in, to be insecure about that perception is itself precisely baked into the reproduction of the status quo. Do you see what, yeah. do you see what I mean? So, like, yeah. what I'm learning is to try to have this, like, to try to cultivate the psychological fortitude to see in advance that that insecurity about being self-obsessed is precisely the thing that has to be left behind in history. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and that if we can together figure out ways to leave behind that that sort of insecurity, um, I mean, I, I just have found that when you are able to do that, totally new ways of thinking about the future, about how you how you live, about how you interact with people, totally new things open up um, in ways that they just wouldn't have if I was just kind of like going to protests every week because I felt like that was my duty. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I, I I feel very convinced by these sorts of realizations, Act, the actual progress I feel like I'm making, and, and even in my relationships, like even, you know, these kind, having these kinds of conversations, like, I feel like uh, I can feel things opening up in promising directions mm-hmm. in a way that I just can't feel when I, like, go to protests all the time. Um, and so I, I try to just be faithful to what you actually feel is making progress. Do, do, you, know, do you know what I mean? Um yeah, I feel like you have to be faithful to your to like your honest feelings of like, okay, is this going however slowly? Is this taking us into new and promising directions of like revolutionary like cultural possibility, or is it not? And if and any time any time you don't feel that, I think you should not do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I yeah, so to me to me like revolutionary culture is basically about creating relationships where we actually kind of understand that together and we allow each other to, we allow that to each other. And Plan C is kind of going in that direction in really interesting ways that I, I don't, I can't think of, I mean, I've never been a part of an organization that kind of gets that and is actually really kind of like purposely uh, expanding that. Do you know what I mean? Um, does that, do you know what I'm saying? Or does that resonate with you at all? I think so. I, I mean, for me, like, when you talk about selfishness, the antipode of that is altruism. And it suggests that we exist on the spectrum of selfishness and altruism and i don't want to be selfish or altruistic do you mm. know what i mean i don't think altruism is mm. 
you know, it's like kind of a paternalistic kind of charity versus this idea of solidarity as like a political strategy. Mm. Um, so in as much as I don't think it's selfish to like um, base your like liberation in self and community care, mm. I don't think it's like at the opposite end of the spectrum revolutionary to be altruistic or like <clears throat> constantly going out of your way to like support every cause or whatever mm-hmm. um and like you know in the plancy fashion it's like fuck this binary let's <laughs> mm-hmm. let's jettison off in some new direction mm-hmm. which is what you're talking about i think maybe. yeah yeah or the, at least that it's that the trajectory is just like completely novel yeah well, I guess I feel like we're we're sort of realizing and taking seriously, at least I mean more more so than any other group I've ever been in, that like if someone feels they have to do something, that isn't a bad reason to do it. And we actually are kind of starting to say like don't do anything just because you feel like you have to. And in fact, the more honestly, the more radically we can honestly and comfortably say I'm just not interested in that. I don't want to do that. I I don't feel like it. I don't have the capacity whatever. The more the more sort of normal that can become and the more honest people can be about that. Uh, more and more, that that actually is revolutionary progress in some sense. Like, that is actually better than doing the work. Um, do you see what I mean? And that's kind of, that's very, that's extremely counterintuitive for, like, the the, the typical kind of, like, activist mentality. kind of... Well, the, the typical mentality is, like, the you know, the progress or the success of what a, a group is doing is, like, what are the results, right? What yeah. what what are, what are what are the goods? What are the products? <laughs> I mean, it's li- it's literally like a capitalist uh, mm. model. It's like what it's like. How how productive is your firm? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. uh, like that is that is how most act- <laughs> that is how most activists think about radical culture and building like movements and stuff like that. Um, but I think the the really kind of radical alternative insight is that what if building revolutionary organizations is literally the opposite? It's like how daringly can we not give a fuck? about what we produce you know how daringly can we only care about each other basically and our own uh experience of life our own quality of life our own the depth and the the solidity and the the joy of our relationships and of like the the world that we can build within you know our relationships um how much can we value that without giving a fuck about uh, the results or the, the products or what we deliver or, you know, to impress other fucking activist people. Like, um, yeah. And I, I think Plancy is kind of on this, on this, uh, direction and that's what I'm into. Um, that's like the direction I'm, that's how, that's what I'm feeling. So, um, but it's I think the hard thing is that activists tend to, uh, perceive themselves in relation to other activists. Um, and that to me is crazy. Like I'm not an activist and I'm not like in activist circles, so, like, I don't give a shit about, like, what some random, like, London radical group, like, thinks, you know? Or, like, <laughs> like I, no, I mean, I don't even mean that in a dismissive or judgmental way. I just literally, like, I don't know any of them. I don't, I just don't care, like, what they think or write on Facebook or something. I just, I doesn't even come onto my radar. And I couldn't care. I just literally, yeah, couldn't, couldn't care less. Um, but when you're in activist cultures and, like, the sociology of it is such that uh, people actually take those kinds of judgments and those kinds of uh, perceptions as indicators of, like, what you should do or should not do. And to me, that's insane. Because, like, other activists should never be the benchmark because most mm. activism, as you said, is failing. Like, no, you know, by, by, <laughs> by, by definition, like, no currently existing activism is, like, achieving, like, revolutionary uh, progress in some sense, right? Because we're all still stuck. So, uh, anyway, that was a bit of a rant. But I guess the point just being, to me, um, that 
for thinking about like how do we like how do we measure revolutionary progress to me that requires almost uh an almost crazy amount of not giving a fuck about what anyone else thinks other than like the revolutionary relationships uh with actual people that you're trying to build a revolutionary culture or uh dynamic out of yeah. does that make sense yeah. um which is kind of, I mean, that's kind of very much like this, po- like what I'm doing with this podcast, like just trying to create, uh, like intense spaces and times where people can just be together and say whatever the fuck they think, whatever the fuck they feel, you know, and not, so like this podcast, for instance, like it's only value is precisely what we're experiencing and enjoying in this moment, you know? So it's like, yeah. there's no, it has no other purpose, no other goal. Like it's not going to accomplish anything else. <laughs> uh, but I, but I genuinely believe that just fucking spending this time with people and chatting uh, and just using this microphone as a way to kind of like focus things basically in some sense uh, is the only value that I care about sort of obtaining. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's all to do with the like insidiousness of competition. I think everyone falls into this trap of comparing themselves whether it's to the norm or and that's what capitalism is. You're just constantly competing and as you were saying in activist circles you start comparing your circle to what someone else has achieved immediately you're falling into that and mm-hmm. I think for me on a personal basis when I start comparing myself to other people that's when I start sort of falling going downhill really mm. I need to really step back and as we were saying earlier social media is you know one of the main propagators of that but yeah, compare. Mm. Com- oh, that's something I've really become aware of. Stop comparing yourself and take a step back. Mm. But that's not what society wants you to do. Oh no, of course not. But that's exactly how society reproduces itself. By yeah. it makes everyone average themselves out to yeah. the people around them, right? Mm. So no, that's exactly it. So that's why I really do think that um, I, I am more and more seeing radical politics as basically like learning psychology in some sense, like yeah. actually learning how uh, psychology functions in a way to keep us kind of glued into and grounded into the status quo, you know? Um, and I actually do think you can basically just learn the psychological mechanisms and then fuck with them. Uh, <laughs> so that you actually, like, we can actually learn how, the mechanisms whereby we can kind of free ourselves from uh, being being locked into this, like, shitty uh, life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it does require, like you said, it's hard because um, when you actually stop giving a fuck about what anyone thinks, you become a crazy person. Like, yeah. well, you see, sometimes you seem selfish, sometimes you seem, like self-obsessed but sometimes you just seem crazy like (laughs) by definition if you don't care what people think about you and you don't care about people's judgments or standards and you're really trying to like go off on some new uh direction you're gonna by definition look like a just a weird like dysfunctional maladapted person you know what i mean and And that yeah sorry often alienated because of that and that is quite hard and it hurts because it hurts it hurts and that's that's the reality like you feel shitty, you feel crazy, you feel ungrounded, you feel unstable. Mm. And then, and it can lead to all different kinds of things like self-loathing and, and feeling and devaluing yourself and stuff like that. But that's like where the community comes in. I think that, that, mm. that is exactly what revolutionary organization means to me. It's like just having other people doing the same thing, you know, who like, so like yeah. I create, it's like, uh, this is what Adriana, Adriana and I were talking about the other day. Like, uh, it's kind of almost like constituting an alternative reality. That sounds like very woo woo, but I mean, in some sense, it is actually about carving out true, like, a true reality in the midst of this, like, insane psychopathic false uh, thing that people call reality, you know? Because yeah. if you don't have that, then trying to detach from it and trying to think differently will hurt. And like you said, it'll be alienating. But if you have other people doing it at the same time and you're, you have that deep solidarity, 
then you don't give a fuck what everyone else thinks, right? Because you have this, like, alternative revolutionary culture. Yeah. Um, that's what, so that's exactly what I'm into, yeah, yeah. But the problem is that most activist culture has, you know, I mean, all cultures, all, all organizations have this sort of uh, inertia, right? Because they're being pulled into the status quo also by all of those sociological connections. That's why I think, like, more and more, kind of what I really want is, like, I just want, like, a group of people interested in kind of revolutionary change to just, like, I just want to become really close friends, and I want us to go crazy together, kind of. Like, like, <laughs> really, no, like really go, like, off our hinges, you know? But in a way that is, like, real, that, that is real and honest and, and super loving and caring, you know? But to otherwise basically, like, go wild and become, like, uncontrollable, uncontainable, kind of, like, wild forces of nature, you know what I mean? Like, together. Uh, that's, like, that sounds really weird, but that's kind of, like, uh, that, these are actually kind of the terms I'm more and more thinking uh, about these questions in. Yeah. I mean, I kind of almost sometimes, like, want, like, a cult to be a cult. <laughs> but, like, a good cult. We were saying yesterday yeah, yeah. you'd be an excellent cult leader. No, I don't want to be a leader. No, 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 not a leader. Like, I don't... I What I kind of do dream of somewhat is, like, a cult with no leader that's oh. actually based on, like, equality and freedom and love. Mm. First horizontalist cult. Yo, maybe... No, <laughs> seriously, like, that is a possible definition for, like, the new school revolutionary movements. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is kind of almost what I, what I'm talking about. Cult has obviously like negative connotation, you know, but um, but it, but cults only have negative connotations because they always lapse into this authoritarian fascist kind of like mold, right? So if you take what if you could take sort of the energy and the sort of like power of the cult, and you actually have a, a legitimately deeply uh, uh, solid kind of like egalitarian autonomous structure. Then you could say that's actually a, a pretty beautiful vision. Maybe. <laughs> what do you think? But then is the idea to like, do you want it to be like a mass cult? You're like, everyone can get in, mm. get involved. I think that, yeah. That, Just that would expand be the point. cult until there's no one outside until of the cult. That is reality. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 exactly. That is kind of how I think. But with the, with the key distinction that the goal would not be to expand the cult. Right. Because then that, that becomes fascist because then you're like seeing other human beings as objects that you want to like bring into your fold. Yeah, accumulates. So, so yeah, I think it's really important that if we think in these terms, we have to be like as rigorous, as as radically rigorous as possible. Um, always looking for like where fascism creeps into this way of thinking, you know? Yeah. So like if you start thinking about, oh, let's grow this, let's grow this, even that, that's basically like kind of a fascist like uh, presumption, you know? So, but but I agree with the idea of it being expandable and the goal being, or the hope being that somehow it would expand autonomously in like a humane way to the point that the the number of people in this kind of like crazy radical oppositional reality is larger than the number of people who like take the status quo seriously, you know? Uh, so yeah, that, that I think would be the model for how this would actually create social change, you know? To me, it would just be like the... Um, I would want to have a. I would want the cult to be. <laughs> it's funny that I'm actually using that word now. Uh, <laughs> I would want it to be open to anyone, basically. So like very poor. Like I would want a very porous membrane in which anyone who is drawn to it could easily join if they so choose. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But we would not exert any pressure on bringing people in, and we would not even care about bringing people in. Um, but, but nevertheless, you want people to come in. You just don't want to want people to come in. No, to... I, I, no. no oh, what do you think? Oh, I just think it's it's hard within its existence as being an alternative reality or something different. It is essentially competing with what is reality now. So I think you'd have to, you know, remain very mentally strong to to make sure that you're not 
competing and showing people that that is the better reality. Does that make sense? True. Yes, exactly. Because again, that that would be like fascism creeping in. Because yeah. once you start thinking like that, and that's hard. Then you're just to... on the on the capitalist plane of like, yeah. I have exactly. another I have another model to sell you. Exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. just an alternative status quo. Yeah. And then once it becomes dominant, the status quo is just transferred. Yeah. In terms of like the mantle of the status quo. If, right, if right. you're like, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. just like modeling it as a as a reality separate and better to the one already existing, exactly. Then yeah. what you end up with is just, if you're successful, is just having accumulated, you know, enough people for that to be that's yeah. become the dominant or majoritarian like yes. way in which society yeah views itself huh. and it, it, like it does things. Yeah. Whereas you want like everyone to have like autonomous power. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Well, so. can I clarify? I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say this is like what I want. Like, I don't. Yeah, want, yeah. I don't want this to sound like I. Have <laughs> I don't want the, it's your program. Yeah. This is your yeah, political yeah, program. Exactly. I, 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 I don't want this to sound like I have some sort of program. I really don't. Honestly, I think what what I'm actually saying is, I feel like this is already happening. I feel like this is the direction that, uh, the the, the revolutionary and radical people that I know that are sort of most conscious and most sort of interesting to me, just the ones I'm drawn to who seem to be most sort of aware of the, the problems that pervade activist culture and just sort of kind of social justice, like mentality more generally, the, 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 what we're actually moving towards is this kind of model is what I'm trying to say. So it's not my program. It's, I actually sense a sort of convergence mm. toward this way of thinking about radical politics. And I'm just kind of, uh, trying to summarize it in, in a certain way. Um, yeah, but then how much do you think we're just locked in our own subjectivity, and do you know what I mean? As much as in as much as you don't want to like care what other people think, I also want to care about what other people think, not mm. about me, mm. but what they think generally mm. about like how to struggle, because like you know I'm coming from a particular place of like if we want to use that framework of like relative privilege, mm. so how do I know I'm not just like trapped in this um subjectivity where i i think that the best thing to do is just carve out a space mm-hmm. but maybe that's because i have the material wherewithal to carve out a space right and without without which i wouldn't be able to even like you know maybe like start or join a cult or whatever mm-hmm. like because because like work i'm so so thoroughly disciplined by work or you know by like the need to can't say that even just ability to reproduce myself mm. um that i don't have space and time to explore this that's this kind of like you know autonomous existence yeah and so then do you need then like material wins so then how do you go about procuring like material wins or structural like smashing structures without um mm-hmm. i don't know having the space no, without organizing to, towards that. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I'm trying to like juxtapose organizing within ourselves to get like a true and mm. radical culture, but at the same time, mobilizing that radical culture to actually um, like win to get to get like changes in material conditions. Like, how do those things relate? Right. Because I think you still need that mm. for you know, even even if not for me, then for other people. Mm. who I want to be able to, like... Yeah, it's a good question. ...have like, these relationships with, but maybe they just don't have the space and the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't know that I have a, an extremely certain kind of worked-out answer, but um, my instinct, to be honest, more and more, is that I'm really I'm becoming really sceptical of even that uh, desire 
to win things. Yeah. I, I kind of, <laughs> I, no, I really, I really do, yeah. I personally kind of think yeah. more and more that baked into that desire is some bad shit that we want to basically learn to uh, carve out and, and let go. Um, because it's kind of like what you were saying before, yeah, Rosie, that, that that is that, that is precisely where the status quo sort of gets its tenor hooks into our ways of thinking and being, you know? Um, and, and but, but it's not that I don't care about material gains. I take that seriously. I'm not. Some of what I'm saying will sound to many people like just idealistic, privileged, kind of like navel-gazing. Uh, I imagine if there's anyone even listening to this ever, uh, <laughs> that's probably what they're thinking right now. But I, But it's not that at all, because what I'm actually saying is that I'm actually proposing what is an alternative mechanism towards actual social power that would get material gains. Um, so, for instance, if this alternative model that I'm kind of sketching is actually how you build revolutionary culture, then in the long run, the people who want to defend the status quo would have to buy us off to prevent us from overthrowing everything by the force of our being, in some sense, by, by our expanding, dangerous, uncontainable culture. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, take, I, I think an example, a really good example here would be, uh, or at least a, a kind of thought experiment, would be uh, the basic income, which is something a lot of people are interested in nowadays. Um, to me, the idea of, like, organizing to get a basic income, I mean, I just, I don't buy it. Like, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see how, or, I mean, just generally, like, I don't, I personally kind of don't see how, like, campaigns or, or like, organizing drives are going to get, us like the really larger things that we want out of social change. I, I have the utmost respect for people who do that kind of hard work, and I, I know the importance of it. Um, but for the actual large gains that we want, the, the massive kind of social transformations that we want, um, I just don't see how you're going to get that with even sort of the most brilliant, uh, creative, organized kind of campaigning type effort. Um, but if you think about it in this sort of alternative model, uh, where the, the first step is to, like, radically disengage with any idea of, like, productivity and trying to, like, win or compete on this kind of capitalist plane. Um, and if that would have the dynamics that I'm kind of trying to sketch, that it would become this kind of irresistible, empowering culture, right? Mm. Um, the point is that when, I mean, the status quo cannot tolerate that many people living and being in that way together in radical truth, honesty, and kind of, like, mutual empowerment on this, like, totally crazy, uncontainable kind of alternative yeah. level. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like the, the dangerousness that you think it's you massively I think dangerous. that's what's cool. The status quo cannot yeah. the status quo could not handle more than like a few hundred people <laughs> yeah. in this cult. I mean no, it would be like power on our terms rather than power yes. in in the sort of in a capitalist sense. And so the, yeah. the the counterfactual here would be that if this actually could could start to kick off in this way, the government would be coming to us begging us to give us basic income. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> but, do you, do, but I think yeah. that's like a real empirical, con that's a concrete model for how to actually exact massive political change, mat material gains, in other words, mm -hmm. um, that you actually can only get from this counterintuitive first step of having the, being daring enough to say, fuck productivity, fuck material gains. Um, if we can actually access that, it's counterintuitive, but mm -hmm. that is actually a concrete way to exact the large scale material gains that we want. So, I just wanted to make that very clear that what I'm saying is not, it's not like a naive, um, uh, lack of care for the, for the actual real material gains that people need. I totally respect that. I just think it's, it is a legitimate alternative model that could actually produce it. And to be fair, I mean, the people today, the activists who talk about like, oh, we have to deliver material gains to people who need them. Yeah. Well, you know what? I respect, I respect that people, uh, believe passionately about that, 
but like all the shit people are doing is not getting those material gains. It just isn't, right? <laughs> With all due respect. So, I mean, um, I think that carves out at least enough space to start to take seriously the possibility that um, alternative ways of thinking in the long run might actually be the real ways to exact those material gains. Yeah. What do you think? You look deep in thought, Rosie. I, yeah, I'm just trying to get my head around it. Yeah. Well, anyway, we shouldn't. We don't even need to talk about politics. This is just like the uh, podcast. I know, with, but this is just like the podcast I did with, a- with Adriana last week. We, when we hung out for a little bit before the podcast, we're talking about all these different interesting things, just having pleasant conversation. Uh, and then, we, <laughs> then we go into the po- we go on, we turn on the podcast and we just go directly into this like uh, discussion about activist culture and stuff like that. <laughs> no, and uh, it makes sense one because it's interesting, and we are all yeah. kind of like thinking about the stuff. And, and so it is cool to talk to talk about. Um, but I think what it is really is that once we turn the recording on, we feel like we have to be serious. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and like we yeah. have to be. It's it's this like mentality. <laughs> it's, this, it's this mentality of like offering value and product to yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like um, so we go immediately into what we think is like our ex our like, our, like uh, expertise yeah. that we have to like uh, <laughs> offer value on. Um, and it's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because before we were just talking about like. Everything. Apocalypses and catastrophe and stuff. It's like vaguely political in nature, but it's not like prescriptions for revolution, which is like <laughs> yeah, what we're talking about now. It's funny how we fall into that. Um, mm. Yeah, but this well, this kind of takes us back to what we were talking about acting, though. I was about to say yeah, that. because kind of what we're talking about now with politics is very much uh, in line with what I was saying before about why I'm interested in acting. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Well. Every, it, it sounds so pretentious to say that everything we what's the word, what's the quote the world's a stage that mm. everything we do is acting but you when you become able to self observe I think that's such a such an amazing skill because it's yeah I can't I can't really explain it I can't really explain it well what do you learn when you self observe um how much you copy what you think is right and how much you mold to other people and especially I've done so many sort of mirror exercises where you you copy and it's just it's it's quite um a lot of it is really unnerving how much of society kind of creeps into what you think you're Mm. meant to copy and what you're meant to do and what you don't want to be laughed at and I think even within comedy you don't want to be laughed at in a bad way and like what a social example of how you still can't be the the outsider and all theatre is sort of rated and starred and it's just I don't know I think you need to get kind of past that and start just observing how people act sort of themselves I don't know I'm going, cool. I'm going into a world no of... that was very cool that was very interesting so I think maybe we should do an acting exercise yeah give well, me now give... do you know one Rosie um, that you can set us up I, with I do know one <laughs> what's up one that would be good um Teach me the Alexander method. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I think our listeners would like to learn it too. I, d- I cannot. I cannot summarize the Alexander method apart from it's, it takes it takes time. So each workshop mm. would be at least two to four hours, mm. and you it's literally just becoming aware of yourself. Um, so if you just if you just think about and the listeners whatever the way as <laughs> you're holding yourself try and try and focus in on what muscles are tense and it's quite hard to do but right now as you're sitting I can see your shoulders are tense everything everything in your upper body is tense mm. but if you if you hold your arm out always in this salute <laughs> hold your arm out down 
and then you bend your your knuckles and then your wrist and then your elbow and then your shoulder if you notice you, you're still tense and this one this last I can't remember the name of it but this last um, point of tension is one that I can guarantee you 98% of people walking around London never release and this is the if you as Whoa. soon as you as soon as you How? untense this <laughs> see you, it's really hard to do as soon as you untense your shoulders that relaxes all of your neck it relaxes your back it essentially lengthens your spine and creates more brain power but no one can do it I want it that is so cool. I have I, to learn how to do this. I like very consciously cannot relax anywhere around my head or my neck or my, my upper the back. The way you hold yourself, it literally the tensions around you, the tensions in society, it all feeds into your body, mm. and it's so interesting. Once you start observing how people are holding themselves, and some people literally they they've got something called frozen shoulder, which is a medical thing where mm. they can't release their shoulders, but by just kind of bringing yourself down and earthing yourself. Mm. I mean, that's only the top half of your body, but you do a lot of sort of, you start laying down and just becoming aware of how your joints move and even watching each other walk around a room. Mm. Um, it's, it's kind of linked with physiotherapy as well, but where you put, create points of pressure and points of tension, it's often something to do with your psychological state. It's, yeah. not, it's not your body and it's, it is easily changeable. Definitely. And it's so political. I mean, this is what yeah. I'm so interested in. Let me, let me give you an interesting example. I, I'm i pretty sure that when I was um, young, I used to um, kind of slouch when I walk mm. in a weird way. I remember, it was very specific. I sort of unlearned it over time, kind of, uh, probably not fully. But I used to slouch. And it, look, I can't even really describe it, but I was sort of like, when I walked, I would kind of, like, be purposely hunched over. Mm. Like, I was young, so it wasn't from, like, age or, like, bad posture. Um, it, I used to do this, like... And I think I've seen other people do this. It's a kind of, like... You kind of, like, scrunch yourself in a little bit. And I think it's literally basically because I felt like it was my... I, I deserved to be small. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, like... I wasn't allowed to be, like, upright and strong and yeah. stable and just simply present myself with good posture. And to this day, it still stays with me in little ways, like... When you actually try to walk with good posture, you know, chin up, mm. shoulders back, you feel like a dick. <laughs> like, no, because yeah. it's like, who the fuck do you think you are to be walking around, like, so correctly and, and comfortably? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Forcefully. So, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah and so that I don't do it because I feel like I don't deserve to. And that's so fucking mm -hmm. political, right? I mean, that's so, that's so weird. Um, and and self-harming, self you know? Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to think back because... For me, I was telling you before that I think one of the reasons I speak really fast is because I grew up in a small space mm -hmm. with a lot of siblings. Uh, relatively, I'm mean, not that many. Um, and I think this, this my posture issues from an early age was similar. It was like, because we lived in a small space, mm -hmm. I sort of like, early, early on in my life, I kind of like socialized this kind of like psychological feeling that I needed to like make my body as small as possible mm -hmm. and kind of like as out of the way of people's space as possible. Mm. But it's really, it becomes a kind of, it's like a form of like physical self-hatred. Mm. Well, <laughs> and that's exactly. so, that's so conservative and reactionary and, mm. and terrible, yeah. And within simple acting, it, it links with even folding your arms is kind of blocking people off. You don't mm. want to talk, you're internalizing everything. And, and that leads into the Alexander technique. Like one of the kind of main topics he, he, he concentrates on is 
the fact that you change things into bodily habits so that your posture became a habit for you but it was a habit that you were aware of mm-hmm. so it's just something that you are literally you continue to do mm. and it's it's almost sad because it's yeah you're doing it to fit around other people yeah or, or the space that you inhabit yeah. so yeah I, in in sort of going to these workshops i've lo- noticed so many things about myself a lot of people it it happens in in simple ways a lot of people who have braces, they will rarely smile like a fully, mm. or even after their braces are off, because they, they're just so used to being conscious about hiding their braces or their teeth or something. That's like something that a lot of people can relate, relate to. But um, also something very interesting is that men are also always sort of, if, if you were to act out a stereotype of how a woman sits and how a man sits, okay, sim- simplified, You'd, you'd do a man with his legs wide out, sort of leaning back open, and a woman would normally sit there with her legs crossed and her arms together or her hands together. I mean, how... Mm. If you think about it in the way that we've been talking about, how explicit is that as to what we're told we have to do? Right. And how women are sort of shut up and, and everything is everything yeah. is closed in on itself. And a man is... It's okay for him to sit like that. Take as because, much space as possible. And it's okay for him possible. to be open and his chest forward because that's what he's been designated. That's the role mm. that he's been allowed to, mm. to take on stage. So it's... Comes out on the tube a lot. Yeah. Mainly, like, I think about this on the tube when I'm on the tube. You watch how men and women sit and interact on the tube. Yeah. Not yeah. just men and women, but people generally... And well, it's a meme, right? Yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah man, like spreading. Exactly. Man spreading. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I'm quite conscious of doing it, like when I have space. But on the tube, I'm like, no, I'm gonna try and compact myself a bit. But I, uh, you know what's interesting though? I I do think it's fucked up though that in these in these like totally unfair kind of gender imbalances, yeah. we do have this bad tendency to villainize the more relaxed, free, expansive, yeah, yeah. end of the equation, right? It's more like we want rather, everyone rather to promote, be yeah, rather than promote position. and empower yeah. the the like restricted, repressed end yeah. of the equation, mm-hmm. and that's definitely some like conservative status quo sh- yeah. bullshit. I think you know like and like an, a uh, bias towards the negative as well. Exactly, yeah. like, like you were saying before, like it's basically saying like um like what I was saying before about how I had these like kind of weird pos- posture and and uh, verbal kind of uh, mm. ways of compressing myself and kind of like hating myself when mm. I was younger. It's like. The, the culture, especially kind of like the social justice culture sometimes, is kind of like saying like, uh, you know, men should do that more so they can be like repressed like women, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and that's, true. that's fucked up, obviously, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's the, maybe there's a distinction between like, when people talk about privilege, there's almost like, uh, there's a privilege that like, you know, it's just how things should be. Everyone should like have universal access to the space that they want to inhabit. Yeah. You know, for yeah. example, um, as opposed to um, situations where, like, people have um, an unfair advantage because of structural mm. oppression mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so, you know, we'd like to, like, universalise the benefits people have where they where not everyone has them, mm-hmm. rather than, um, yeah, like you say, like, yeah. like beating them down and, yeah. like, reducing people's freedoms when, in fact, we want to expand... Right. Other people's yeah. freedoms where they don't exist. Right. Like at um at Ender Glenda last year, there was a big like tension in the camp because we had like these kind of camp rules that had been come up with by some kind of like welfare or well being team um, via some kind of consensus procedure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was moving Dan's hands off the uh, table. Sorry, I'm ruining the microphone. 
No, it probably won't be about that. I just wanted to yeah. make you aware of your, of your, <laughs> of your physical yeah. uh, presence. Yeah, that's your, your bodily right <laughs> Can't escape them. No, now I'm, like, self-conscious um, about, like, are my shoulders... Wait, real quick, I'll let you resume in a minute, but yeah. are, are my shoulders relaxed now? Like, how no. do you know? No, they're not. How do I do it? Because it's... You have to kind of think about bringing yourself just... You just relax, just relax, and it's so hard to to do. But if like, how do you know when your shoulders are like clicked into relax? You don't you don't click them in. You just let go, and I, I'm aware that I sound like um yeah. Well, it's just crazy for me. I it's crazy for me to think I maybe like don't know how to relax my shoulders. So, <laughs> so I'm putting sort of. It's, I really it's don't. Know. Weird, I know that I don't know how to relax my shoulders. The side of your neck it kind of brings it brings you down a bit, and. You, Stroking the back of your neck brings your spine, it sort of elongates your spine. And just literally just release the tension. I wish all my podcast guests were this uh, <laughs> pairing. But, <laughs> I would uh, recommend going looking. Well, thank you, Rosie. But, that was very nice. So Yeah, sorry. No. <laughs> to, to clarify before you continue, Dan, I think um, no matter how people sit or stand or whatever, they should be able to have the freedom to sit and stand and inhabit whatever space they like. So if they want to be yeah. enclosed, then they should be allowed to. Mm-hmm. And that's... That's as you were saying. It's, we can't fall into the trap of saying this is right, this is wrong, this is right. what we should be doing. Like I would just, it, it would make me way more stoked to see it become a meme, like, like woman spreading in like a positive celebratory way. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I would much rather like that would be a cool meme. That would be like radical culture to me. Yeah. But like villainizing, like, yeah, men taking more space. That just seems reactionary to me. But mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so go on. Well, yeah. it's a very similar vibe. It was like there was a rule that around camp men should wear shirts mm. because um, a man's, like, naked torso... Well, that everyone should wear shirts, but I, I think the idea was that, like, women wouldn't take their shirts off anyway. But that wasn't true. I mean, there were women who were really pissed off by this rule. Mm. And, and also men, like, lots of men. Um... And uh, there were non-binary people there as well, obviously. Um, and they were like, you know, I want to get my boobs out if I want. <laughs> and how are, how are you to who who are you guys to define like that? This is what a male torso looks like, and we should that people find that triggering, but not <laughs> yeah, sorry, but not other <laughs> yeah. kinds of bodies. Um, and you know, obviously, what you want is that everyone can remove their clothes at will and feel free to do so, right. and not feel like. Um, yeah, like sexualized by people's gaze and things like that, and objectified in that way. Um, so there was like mm. ongoing battles on the inside of the toilet doors, uh, where people would like have big long debates while they were having a shit about oh, no. um, their position on this particular like <laughs> camp rule, um, which was really like, fascinating. What and then people wrote like a tits manifesto as well. <laughs> Two women wrote like a tits manifesto nice. about how. They wanted the freedom to have their, you know, just have their bodies on show, and yeah. that wasn't a problem. Um, and meanwhile, men were like, "This is a freedom that we don't want to uh, not have." Yeah. But then people were like, "You know, this is you're not being radical by saying we want to keep this freedom that not everyone has." Mm. And so I think that is similarly illuminates that that kind of decision between punishing people who who have freedoms that everyone should have and then trying to hmm. um yeah. universalize it's these interesting freedoms. it's interesting cuz you sort of see this structure in, like pop up all over the place for all different yeah. types of issues right like these are just examples but you actually see this this sort of dilemma mm. uh emerge all over the place around all almost all questions of like social justice and uh 
like how to, how to change the way we act and 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 what we expect of each other. There's always the, like, in some sense, there's always like a conservative option, and there's always like a an expansive like li- yeah. like liberatory option, and both of them are two different ways of, of balancing like imbalanced equations. But it's 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 almost like there's like this perverse kind of like bias in social reality, such that it's it's always just easier to go with the conservative option. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it just is, right? I mean, it's like, there's this tendency, there's just like this inertia that that will always be sort of like the default solution. Yeah. And I think it's just because, I don't know, I mean, it's interesting to think about why that is. Um, like, why would the liberatory expansive option not be just as common and, and why would that not be the tendency? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's just because in the status quo and sort of like contemporary, like fucked up society, there's just a lot, there's massive resentment, I think. Mm-hmm. I think people have so much resentment uh, and, and, you know, I understand that, you know, um, I mean, I probably do too. Um, but I think that's what gets in the way because like when, when given it, when given an option to basically like, yeah, restrict or expand liberties basically to balance out perverse and, you know, uh, unequally distributed rights and stuff like that. You restrict. You, well, your, in, your first instinct and, and the one that usually wins is like. I want those motherfuckers who get something I don't get yeah. to to lose that fucking thing. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. And like that just is generally more prevalent, I think, because we're yeah. all so uh, kind of repressed and, and atomized. I think you know, so like we don't we I feel like we don't actually see like the liberation of other people as something like we don't actually desire that. I think most people actually don't desire the liberation of other people because that's scary and it's like. Uh, you know, we, 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 like, want other people to be as fucked up as we are. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what a terrible state of affairs. <laughs> well, but I, no, I, I mean, I just think that's the general social tendency. Mm. But by becoming aware of it. And I think, like, the cooler mm. people among us uh, don't think that. Like, we actually... No, I, I think, like, the kinds of radical folks I like to hang out with. That you know don't think that at all. Well, we like, try not to. Yeah. yeah, we try not to. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like talking about like the work thing again, sometimes if I feel like I'm doing a lot of like activist labour, I like res- fucking resent oh, people that is definitely who aren't yeah. doing or aren't like pulling what I think they are, they can do, like you know exhausting their capacity. Mm. And like fuck that, that I should desire that other people, um, you know, completely yeah. exhaust themselves with like activist labour that isn't necessarily of any value anyway. Mm. But it's just because. I feel like I'm doing loads and I want other people to be in the same position yeah. rather than me being like, no, Dan, you need to chill out a bit. Mm. <laughs> so that's a, a yeah. similar kind of choosing the wrong, you know, the conservative or like work ethic option of like mm. maintaining bad shit when we should be instead expanding and universalizing like positivities. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. Yeah. Same thing. Definitely. So I stopped doing that. Dan, you're reminding me of a question I wanted to ask you. Um, I remember I was joking about it last night. Do you remember what it was? Um, <laughs> do you remember? No, I don't. Uh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I would really like to know, like, I'm sincerely curious to learn from you how you always seem so happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, you, like, are uniquely, you have, like, a unique power of just, like, always having a, a smile on your face and seeming, like, in control and content and, like, positive as, sh- positive as fuck. Thank you. How do you do it? Yeah, um, acting. Really? Oh, well, I don't think it's conscious. It but seems I don't sincere. Think... It seems sincere. It is sincere. It seems like you, you actually just... you No, in all seriousness, you seem like grounded as fuck. You just seem like based. Would you say you're not? And is it, is it actually like you're compensating for like an inner reality that's not at all? Or do you actually like... Are you just kind of on top of shit? 
And if so, could you tell us how to be? <laughs> it's eating all those carrots. That's what it is. It's the beta carotene. I don't think I feel that um, grounded and in control. Mm. Like, maybe I come across that way. People definitely like say that I have a very like sunny disposition. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like um, persistent and that I should, like, you know, not put it away. But like people mm. are like, how do you establish this? Um, I... What, Rosie, what do you think? <laughs> I feel like you have a better answer yeah. than I do. I spent a long time observing you. <laughs> Is he always um, like Rosie? So Rosie's like, and I've been partners for three years, so yeah, that she ha- maybe has an insight that yeah. I I also think yeah, I think that to I listeners. I don't think you think about this. I think you asking that question is strange because I don't think you think about this as much as you could not that you should but I do I do think that your disposition is sincere I don't think it is acting because I think it would have you know gone by now if not honestly but I also think that you um it's not constant and it's not consistent and you that comes out in very different ways to to other people I guess Hmm. so I also think you get the butt of that I've seen, yeah, I've seen, and it's Because I channel the negative side in, like, maybe in different, in particular places. In ways that are probably different to to other people, I think. Yeah, I've learned, I'm just trying to think of examples of how you expel frustration. Because Mm. so much frustration in terms of you, your activist sort of duties, as it were, and how much you feel (laughs) you should do, that's the main Mm. source of frustration. But I think you probably you probably do put on a show for for when you arrive at certain activist circles and you're like yeah it's fine and fine and fine like, I really enjoyed doing all this <laughs> and then you the work ethic you can't that is almost that's almost become your work and you've come ho- and then you come home and you're like oh no one did not not that you do this but you know then you start comparing yourself to how much other people have done so I just think that the the way you work in a in a horrible way to put it is different. Hmm. But I do think it is yeah. mostly sincere. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't introspect ever as well. No, I'm, that's what I mean. Maybe, 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 maybe that's the key. Mm. No, seriously. Maybe. <laughs> no, maybe that's it. I mean... Yeah. Um, Just leave it alone. Don't try and break it down or it might dissipate. <laughs> well, well, well maybe, maybe you just don't have... Look, I mean, I think um, a lot of people... Might, I mean, I, th- I, think I'm, I think I'm totally guilty of this, that I... Um, I kind of a, just have like a morbid my, my I'm sort of so introspective uh and and I I would defend that and I and I believe in that in some sense because I I think that ourselves are basically like one of the most important sources of data we have for like how the world works you know so so to me like I think a lot of self attention a lot of introspection is totally appropriate and is and is actually necessary especially for like trying to live a radical life or trying to, you know, whatever that means, or especially, and especially if you want to live like an intellectual life, like I've kind of chosen for myself in some sense, way of being like that. Um, so I'm, I'm at peace with my like deep, constant kind of introspective tendencies. Mm-hmm. I think it often looks like self-absorbed or whatever, but like we were talking about before, I, I, I'm, I don't give a shit. I, I think it's like totally legit, uh, to pay massive amounts of attention to yourself to learn about how things work basically. Um, so I'm at peace with that, but I do think it, it ha- it has massive risks of kind of like morbid self, just like morbid, um, uh, how do I put it? It's like, 
looking into yourself is a can be a very dangerous process because it's like putting two mirrors up to each other mm. and you get that like horrifying infinity you know <laughs> um, no really and i think that that is like that kind of like scary you know what hegel called like the bad infinity um i think it was hegel someone might correct me listening to this but um there's like bad infinity uh where like if you look inside of yourself yeah. too deeply like from a certain angle it can be like two mirrors uh you know facing each other and that's like a, a very dark place, you know. Um, <laughs> Why it, is it, it so dark? Because Why it's empty. Is it bad? Because it's meaningless. Because uh. it's empty. It's like it's like the emptiness of the universe, really. You know, it's like think you know think about two mirrors perfectly aligned facing each other. What are they reflecting? Absolute nothingness. Yeah. You know. Um, so but it's I like, think. Yeah. For me, like what I find the emptiness of the universe like fucking exciting. I find that really cool, and I think that like for me is a source of not comfort but like empowerment. Mm. It's like. We just get to create reality. Mm. And at the moment, yes. we're doing a real bad job at creating a reality that we can like thrive and flourish in. Mm. But what that, you know, that says is there's no like commanding forces at play. I mean, obviously there are in terms of like our social fabric, but the universe barely exists. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We barely exist. Uh-huh. So we can be as little or as much as we produce like socially or as we mm. construct socially so that is at once like unfortunate that we are where we are now but it's also like fucking exciting in the sense i totally agree i totally yeah. agree there's a sort of exciting radical liberating inspiring yeah. kind of uh way of jumping off of this observation yeah about about kind of the universe really um but i i think what it comes down to is you need certain circumstances or resources or things in play to be able to make that positive exciting move yeah. from sort of the emptiness of the universe yeah um and a lot of people just don't have them yeah. so like um this is where just some basic things like having good friends having like deep meaningful honest relationships and that kind of stuff um that's crucial right because if you don't have that and you get into that kind of like bad infinity of the emptiness of the universe um it can just be like a straight line to like m- the most morbid kind of like depression and self-fixation and, yeah. paral- and paralysis you know what i mean but if you have like interesting, beautiful people with positive attitudes and creative uh, capacities in your immediate milieu who like you and value you, then yeah, sure, you can turn this like emptiness of the universe into this radical, inspiring uh, kind of like creative force, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, that sort of goes back to like the role of like the revolutionary group or like the revolutionary organization, right? Like, ideally, we can we can be that for each other and learn even better how to be that for each other. But there's a shitload of people who don't have mm-hmm. um, like just basic relationships that are healthy, you know? Um, and yeah. And if you don't have that, you can get stuck in bad places. And so for me, I mean, I can't complain. Like I have a lot of, I have a lot uh, to be grateful for. Uh, and I have lots of, you know, cool people who I can chill with and do things like this with, you know, uh, it's like a great privilege. Um, but I have, I also have like a very intense kind of like, uh, interior life. And like, I spend a lot of time alone, a lot of time reading, a lot of time and a lot of time doing like, mindless work i mean like academia like requires a fair amount of kind of just like tedium uh, mm-hmm. and, and i think like working jobs where like you are smart enough to know that what you're doing is meaningless which is most job, a lot of jobs today uh, yeah. you know bullshit jobs right um if you're like self-aware if you're self-aware enough to know that what you're doing on a daily basis is basically meaningless then i don't know the 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 sort of meaninglessness of the universe becomes no longer a liberating exciting kind of creative possibility and it becomes like 
I'm actually wasting away my entire life <laughs> to, to, to like survive. Yeah, um, it's bullshit. Yeah. And no, and sometimes I think like when you realize that, when you real when you really realize that, like when people really realize that, it's either you become a revolutionary uh, and you turn that into like dynamic, forward moving uh, life energy, or if you don't become a revolutionary, which is most people, you just fucking hate yourself, right? And you just yeah. start and you just start to like feel like shit. Um, and I think that's kind of like the, that's kind of where people are at today. And so I guess what I'm wondering or what I'm kind of hoping or kind of asking you about is, um, is that kind of how you do it? Is like, or do you keep such a good attitude because you just kind of stay moving, looking forward on like, like you feel, you seem like you're, you feel at peace with yourself that you are doing the best you can to like change society for the better the best ways you know how as honestly as you know how and you're and you're doing your honest best to do it do you I, I wonder if it seems like you have learned to kind of like take set not like pride in that not like the bad kind of vain pride but like you have you know how to feel content with yourself and satisfied with yourself enough to like uh enjoy yourself also is, is that is that maybe how you do it or what do you think um i was actually just saying to my friend yesterday that like i i uh I bet I don't enjoy myself that much. Like, <laughs> I don't really often enjoy my life that much um, because I just feel like I'm just constantly, like, doing mm. and not that... and quite rarely being mm. instead. But I also said that in terms of, like, consciousness being, like, a, a liberatory power mentally, I was like, yeah, sometimes I get a bit, like, down. I think maybe we're, like, kind of screwed... And then I'll be like, ah, just think about the power of the international working class. <laughs> and then I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> wow. But, um... <laughs> That's incredible. It's I a really cannot, weird, cannot, abstract thing. I, I cannot relate but, to that at all. I yeah. mean, I find it really fascinating. No, and I... I clear, <laughs> clearly, your attitude it has positive effects. So I'm, I'm very open. <laughs> I'm very open to the possibility that you might have the right attitude here and I might have the wrong one. Um, but when I think about the the power of the international working class, I mostly just think about the lack of it and the, like, historically low levels it's of it. It's more like the potentialities. <laughs> it's the potentialities that keep me You just get, like, high, you get high on that. Get high on that. Dude, like, okay, so what this, could happen? So this is exactly what I'm trying to get out of you. So that's cool. That That's that's insightful because um, I, I sometimes can't do that. Like, I, don't, you, I don't really have that good an imagination as well. I'm not like... Well, I'm, maybe I do, but I don't really use it that much. So I don't know why... I feel that I can imagine, um, uh, you know, something outside of capitalism or whatever, because mm. it's such an impossibility almost. Mm. But, like, I feel like I have a feeling or gut feeling about it rather than, like, an idea of what it looks like. Mm. But that is enough to keep, like, a, a burning kind of... It's also like I'm really angry a lot of the time. I just find mm. good ways to channel that, I mm. think, okay. sometimes. Yeah. Not always. <laughs> but I like your... I like the the word I'm seizing on in what you said is potential mm-hmm. that yeah. you kind of you think of, you think in terms of potential and that excites you yeah and i like that um yeah so that's good mm. so that's why i love like plan c for example i find that like one of the most um empowering spaces mm. because i just think the potential is massive that like community of people so fucking cool in some and, sense in some sense it's like only potential yeah in the sense in the sense you know in the sense that like we're so self-consciously not trying to just, like, produce these, like, superficial, like, achievements mm. to, like, impress trying. activists, you know? Yeah. Like, we actually... 
like, yeah, we actually are just, um, because we're not hyper obsessed about that. Yeah. And we're actually just kind of trying to figure it out, honestly, and kind of taking our time with it, <laughs> you know? Um, but that's so cool. Gain, yeah, we right. gain in potential, you know, yeah. what, what we don't have in, uh, like, results, you know? Yeah, exactly. But like, as, so as we, as we, like, postpone the idea of results, it's like, <laughs> it's like the potentiality is kind of, like, brewing and building, yeah. you know? And then there's this, like, tendency to say, like, okay, well, what are you going to do with it? You know, when are you going to, what are you going to, you got to do something sooner or later. And it's like, what if no? Mm. What, if, what <laughs> you know, like, what if no? What if just building, building mass potentiality? Mm. is the actual thing. Yeah. Maybe, Especially if that know. infuses us so much. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've been I'm, I've been or am, like, sometimes in cultures where I feel like the complete opposite is true. It's entirely results-based. And I don't feel <laughs> that there's potential yeah. for, to go anywhere. You're spending, I don't know where You're spending everything. You're spending everything. Like, there is no potential because there's, exactly. no, there's, no, there's nothing in reserve. Yeah. Like, everyone is already spending everything they have. So it's like, by definition, actually, there is no potential because you're so obsessed with spending what you have. That was one of the fears I had. Uh, sorry, I keep tapping the table. Sorry. Oh, it's not that big a deal. I was just, <laughs> I was just letting you know it's going to be a little, a little bump. You can the eliminate the wavelengths with I'll your try, special yeah. garage band powers. Um, <laughs> I, at Reclaim the Power Camp in Wales, one of the things I felt was just like the intense, like, intense... Uh, intensity of just how much work we're having to put into like reproducing ourselves in that field with on this moorland that was like really windy and brutal and cold mm. and like constantly people were like you know sorting out the toilets and like, doing, making meals and all this really cool stuff we were doing as a community to like um, keep ourselves ticking over while we also like had some workshops and like consensus sessions talking about the action and then did the action stuff like that but it felt so I'm talking really fast. No, it's cool. It felt like so much work. And I was like, why don't we just go and stay in some houses <laughs> or something? Because this is such... Yeah. And we also talked about whether sort of setting up this kind of temporary tent village is like quite an exclusive kind of pathway mm. um, rather than being like, does anyone want to come sleep on a floor in a house? There's like a toilet with flushes and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And there's something cool about this kind of intentionally setting up this thing, but it's just like the amount of work we had to put into turning it over was so, I felt like so immense mm-hmm. and I wasn't even doing that much of it mm-hmm. as well, which I felt kind of guilty about. Um, <laughs> that I was just like, what have we got left? Like you were saying, what's in reserve to have as a sort of potential power? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't, I, what I, one of the downfalls of it for me was that I just didn't feel like there was much space to, to, um, to talk about or imagine like futures the future of like what reclaim the power might do next and there's going to be like they're going to do that soon mm. but with like a debrief thing but um yeah yeah just what you said yeah. I and and I feel like that was like an inversion of how I feel about like stuff with plenty sometimes right right it's a good case study I see your, <laughs> I, see your, I see your illustration yeah yeah um no and it's interesting how yeah, that's interesting. I, my mind just keeps going back to how to, to to want to do something different than that, to basically to do the opposite of what you're describing, where you're sort of constantly spending yourselves. Um, to want to do something like that, it always does look just, like, selfish. Uh, my mind keeps <laughs> yeah. going back to that. It's so interesting to, to, to observe that, um, because that is precisely how we don't do these things. Like, why we don't do sort of more experimental things that actually build potential and actually amplify, like, multiply and grow 
resources and potential. Uh, because to do that, actually, you you actually have to um, care about yourself, and you have to like love yourself enough to say like, you know what, for this weekend, maybe this whole week, maybe this whole month, I'm not gonna give a shit about like getting material gains for like some fucking workers. That sounds harsh, right? That sounds mean. That sounds nasty. That sounds selfish, right? But like, maybe if people did that, people would actually be able to like build uh, social power in a way that is actually like desirable and attractive, and uh, yeah, that that builds resource like emotional and psychological resources uh, rather than like constantly like spending them, you know. Um, But it just looks selfish. (laughs) No one wants to be selfish. Yeah. but I was kind of talking about this with Adriana. Like, I feel like, I think that I think it's honestly because like capitalism has made us fucking just hate ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we hate, like we we don't think that we're worth it. You know, like part of the reason I I'm like a revolutionary is because I don't think that the way society is currently organized can allow me to live uh, a life that I'm I deserve to live. Yeah. Like it doesn't allow me to be like what I could become. I feel and the same. I, and I actually... I mean this for me. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I actually... <laughs> but but the, the key point, though, is that you have to actually, like... You have to feel like you deserve it. Yeah. And that actually requires, like, a certain amount of self-love um, that, in contemporary culture, almost looks offensive, you know? Um, and activists do as as uh, bad a job as anyone in sort of enforcing that on, uh, on each other. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm kind of, like... Uh, yeah, that's why I'm on this on this whole tip. I don't know. Uh, Rosie, do you do like activist shit or no? Um, less than Dan. Um, I do my. I think my activist shit is, um, obviously a lot to do with certain types of feminism. But um, I say obviously it is, but um, also to do with um, kind of more psychological consciousness of body image and how you view yourself and things that we've been talking about really mm. but that's that's mainly through what I've learned about myself and then mm. I've gone into the activism rather than finding the activism first mm. which I think is um, people come into it in different ways mm. but um, I'm, I'm learning where yeah I've been to a couple of plan to see things and it was um, different for me as in the fact that I said to Dan I was like this is one of the first things that I've felt welcomed and not that other things don't welcome me but I find it quite intimidating sometimes Mm. activist circles I feel like you have to be a certain um at a certain level of education and you have to be intelligent and you have to know what you're talking about and also there's this constant thing even though everyone's can you know says you're you're free to speak you're everyone is equal there's still there's still sort of tensions in the room where you don't want to say something stupid or offensive Mm -hmm. even if you don't if even if that's not who you are you might say something offensive in a way that do you know what i mean when you've been given the space and i find some sometimes i just that makes me internalize and just listen to people that is totally a thing absolutely yeah so i mean it's like it's like a competitive performance yeah (laughs) it really it really is i mean almost across the board in activist culture Mm. it's like yeah we're all kind of like we all want to feel like you know smart, ethically righteous people, and it's like this, uh, kind of, like, we take turns, uh, kind of, like, presenting ourselves as smart and ethical, um, and kind of, like, representing different traditions or styles, and we, we see ourselves as kind of, like, the representatives or the defenders of, like, certain, like, 
positions mm -hmm. that have mostly already been kind of like laid out in the history of politics and ideas. Yeah. And it's just like this little game, it's like this like little uh, game board kind mm -hmm. of, um, where like you move pieces by uh, speaking well or yeah. saying, you know, the right words. Saying, yes, making the right critique of like the right like petty little bullshit that someone like did, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and it's a to it's totally repressive and conservative. Mm. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Thank you. It's 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 nice to to know that people do know that, and it's nice that people are aware of that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get around is the thing yeah, because it's so it much is. like it's so much like it baked. In, it's like baked into mm. what we even think of what what it even means to to try to like get together with other people and make social change. Like, we have such deeply baked-in assumptions about what that's supposed to look like and entail um, that it almost defines, like, how we see each other, you know? So it's hard to break out of it. But, but that, I mean, to me, you, that's, why I'm in, that's why I do things like this, because I think, like, we can just come up with ways of, like... We just have to come up with ways of, like, okay, if the ways we currently meet and talk and think, if it doesn't feel like... If we don't feel like we're actually in the movement of liberation, mm -hmm. like, if you can't actually feel like that then, okay, let's not do it at all. Refuse to do anything that doesn't make you feel like actual movements of liberation inside your fucking soul. I, I mean, I really do think we should be that serious and, and rigorous about it. And then and then just find something that makes you feel mm -hmm. movements of liberation and then do it and, and call that revolutionary politics and find the people that, want, that, that, get, that are into that too and that find themselves liberated by doing that and just do it and just do it more and more intensely uh, with more and more sort of reckless abandon uh you know what i mean and like that that's kind of bit, bit exactly what we we're talking about before like kind of growing these like cultures in that way so that's kind of my model yeah yeah and i feel like that's a revolutionary politics like people can get down with you know like i actually think um you know like i don't know i think about like my little sister or something like that just like random example right of someone of you just think about the people in your life who are not into radical politics they're not activists they're not into that at all but you know they're good people you know they hate things about the status quo you know they want more out of life um I feel like we need to find a way to think about revolutionary politics that that my little sister could look at and say, I didn't want to join that, <laughs> you know? You know. But, like, most people look at activists, or, like, groups and organizations, and, I mean, we know this. Most people say, I don't want to have anything to do with that, <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, like, we have to, I feel like we have to take that more seriously. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I agree, and that was something that I once said um, after building my up, myself up to saying that in an activist circle that I was not comfortable in and was immediately put down mm. for saying that that was not the most important thing to to start including and start... And that not my confidence so much. Mm. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's just... It's, I don't think they'll ever agree that that is the most... That's the priority, as it were. But it's not that we want... It's not that we want to, like, e expand... That the activist group or something like that. It's that we want like something that people generally find attractive and like and that has yeah. like power mm. rather than um, you know like recruiting people or getting right. people to buy papers and stuff. Exactly. It's different entirely, right? Yeah. Which maybe maybe do you think they thought that 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 you thought like or do you think do you think they thought that you were sort of arguing that we need to like go to people and like meet them where they're at, whatever their politics are. Or sort of like limit mm. how we behave according I, to. I think they could have done, but also like that's communication. Yeah, like, we, can't, we can't just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't just ignore them. Like they're not lost causes, and I think. Oh, completely my, agree. My my issue was that 
if you talk to people, as if you talk to people, a lot of people are like good people, and they they notice the they notice the problems and they want to help. But I just think the communication. I don't know. I just think that that's that's too simplistic. You're just saying, right? These are the bad guys. We just need to get on with our shit. I just, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I just want to talk to people, see what their views are. If they are bad guys, like, why? Like, there's so much information we can take from it. Mm. But I can understand how some other, I can understand what you're saying. And I just think that's my personal take on it. And that's why I maintain relationships in my personal life where people are not on the same level as me at all. But we, we take stuff and give stuff from each other. And that is our relationship. We learn a lot from each other just from being quite different. And I think there's... People can be quite scared from approaching people that they know are maybe politically, like, you know, adverse or anything different, too different to sort of reach, too different to... I have that exact problem. We were talking about this yesterday because we're with, like, real people. And um, rather than, like... (laughs) Rather than fake people. Rather than, like, like, whoever we are, activists. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I was like, I don't know how to talk to these people. Um, What if, like... I talk to them and they turn out to be like massive reactionaries and then I don't have to deal with that. But then, you know, it's like I'm scaring myself off of like yeah, actually talking to to people mm. for fear of... And it's very activisty, You know, it's like, oh, you're an activist or you're not. And if you are, then we can converse. But otherwise, yeah, that's yeah. otherwise how the fuck am I going to talk to you? Yeah. you know? See, I'm more like I don't know how to communicate with activists. <laughs> no, no, seriously. And I, I'm tr- I want to keep that. Yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I kind of roll in activist groups a little, like, obviously somewhat, um, because I do think that we can come up with new things. And so, uh, so yeah, I sort of have a half a foot in the door of, of, of activist culture, of course, but, um, but I really so strongly don't identify it and identify with it. And that disidentification, that, like, discomfort I have of feeling out of place in activist circles, I'm holding on to that for dear life. And I'm going <laughs> I'm, no, I'm to keep that forever. Because I think that is precisely the space that w- we need more people to inhabit. Um, you know, like, we have activists already. Like, we have, you know, like, um, they can, activists can be activists, that's fine. What we don't have enough of is, like, people who are not activists who want to make revolution. I agree. So that's what I'm into. Yeah. And so, like, I'm will- I want to work with activists because, like, they clearly have similar goals as me and they're down to do shit. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I-, I like activists. I'm friends with them, like you, Dan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, it's all good. But, like... I am very self-consciously refusing to be that because I'm trying to hold down the space that is not that but is still committed to revolutionary change and I'm just trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I do then? You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, why I'm thinking about all these things I'm thinking about. Um, but that's great. I don't, I hate, I don't want to be an activist. <laughs> I feel like I'm stuck in activism or, like, being an activist. Mm. It's, like, part of, you know, people identify me as one. Huh. I'm like, I don't really want to be an activist. <laughs> I don't okay. want activism to exist. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to pigeonhole you then. No, no, I was no. Mostly just joking. No, yeah. well, no, I know, but that's like, I, I, that's my, I feel that way about myself as well. Hmm. So it's like, I don't know how to get out. <laughs> right. Well, in a way. I mean, I, don't know. I think it's happening. I think it's starting, it's kind of happening slowly but surely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Dan is gesturing to, oh, water. <laughs> I could just say, can I have some water, couldn't I? That's true. The listeners won't mind if I <laughs> interrupt briefly. Well, this is where I think this is why hey. this is why I think like the stuff we we're talking about about acting and this kind of stuff is so interesting and useful for this mm-hmm. sort of thing because, um, in some sense, like I kind of think ra- like revolutionary politics is is actually just learning how, uh, learning like 
like learning how to live in the in the way that maximally destabilizes the status quo and maximally like liberates all the people that you come into contact with mm-hmm. basically i mean uh and and that and that maximizes your own joy basically as like the only authentic compass for that um and so that's why things like learning how to enter a room like learning how to speak to people learning how to you know align your shoulders this sort of learning learning how to have posture that and in, in thinking about this sort of stuff it's all it, i really do think that that's all like micro political revolutionary tactics um and on one level that sounds kind of like again i can imagine like if there's any like activists listening to this probably like laughing because the sound, <laughs> sound i i'm totally already self-aware i understand how kind of ridiculous it sounds um but it's actually not because one it actually empowers people and it's actually fun and exciting and it's actual growth and it's joyous right so it's like people want that mm-hmm. you know like look at the fucking self-help industry right this sort of like massive market for like bullshit books that basically like teach you how to like uh succeed and things mm-hmm. right i mean like there's massive demand for basically learning how to live learning how to think in certain ways like learning how to avoid bad patterns of thinking learning how to have good behaviors and habits it's like a massive market right um but all of those things are always going to leave people dissatisfied because it's all like capitalist bullshit right that, like, <laughs> yeah. like the actual thing inside of people that that everyone wants to solve or deal with is like the ethical and emotional void of like living in this like meaningless like cutthroat doggy dog world right mm-hmm. so it's like only revolutionaries who want to overthrow this shit actually have the key to true joy i i actually really think like only only people who really authentically um are in from the depth of their being revolting against like this bullshit society only that attitude and that perspective that type of of person can actually explain to like an other people like um if you know assuming that people are want help right i'm not i'm not saying like we have to solve people's problems or anything i'm not so arrogant but what i'm saying is if there are and we know there are massive numbers of people out there who like are begging for any kind of like help uh, as evidenced by the this kind of self-help market um well it's only like truly kind of like revolutionaries in revolutionary becoming who can show them what they're probably really looking for right which is like what is the actual root cause of their anxieties and and, and depressions and and paralysis right um so yeah i tend to see like i tend to see radical politics as, as almost ex- like the opposite of what activists see it as and kind of like what you were talking about rosie is like just a way of going out into the world um in a totally different way mm. that is just like irresistible mm. and empowering for you and your friends and family and everyone you come across and that is explicitly militating against kind of the status quo mm. um that yeah so acting is one thing to uh mm. one reason i'm really into acting but there are other things also like all like basically all the skills like all the arts of living like i've also been getting into comedy like stand-up comedy uh, and, and I mean, I'm not like a naturally very funny person. Like I don't like make jokes very often. Um, uh, but I'm becoming very impressed by kind of stand-up comedy as an art form and as like a skill kind of, uh, just cause it, I, it's almost like the ability to like be charming, you know, mm-hmm. and to like please people to, and give people pleasure. And, and, and re- I just think humor is like so relaxing, mm-hmm. you know, and it creates this incredible space of, of just relaxing and freedom and kind of mental, almost physical, uh, uh, yeah, space where you can where you're kind of like recouping from like domination and re- recouping yeah. from like just the constant kind of like pressure and focus that you're kind of like locked into on a daily basis. So I feel like the ability, like learning how 
to click a room full of people from anxiety and pressure and depression mm -hmm. into like lighthearted collective uh reckless uh joy and laughter and pleasure that's an incredible fucking political mm -hmm. power if you ask me um, <laughs> yeah. and i want to i so i'm interested in that you know mm -hmm. uh, sometimes when i start talking like this people think people um it's it kind of sounds like okay justin you have some sort of like uh, some kind of like sketchy plan to be like a charismatic like leader you know you're like <laughs> you like want to learn acting and, and comedy why, why because you want to go around like uh, tricking like impressionable children to join your cult kind of thing <laughs> so I, again I'm very self aware that it sounds like that but no I just think like if we're interested in changing the world shouldn't we all learn the actual ways of living and being and interacting with each other that actually is fucking powerful enough to change situations mm. fundamentally and like acting, comedy, all these things are, are ways of doing that. Mm. Do you do you know anything about stand up comedy by any chance? Like you know um, about acting? I do. I admire it a lot. Yeah. As as you, I think yeah. I've had to do stand up comedy projects before and found it very hard. I think um, yeah, laughter is healing. And when you're laughing with people and sharing joy, I think there's nothing like that kind of feeling. And it's great. Um, yeah, it's it's different because I I prefer. See, I would say I prefer serious theatre, but I also think that's because comedy scares people because it's so hard. So, yeah, I agree. If you ever do a stand-up gig, then I'm coming. Well, I need to learn. <laughs> I need to find people who know how to do that. I mean, it's so it seems so hard. It I'm, does. I'm very intimidated. I think it's that. also the thing about resentment. It's like, I don't want you to make me laugh because I can't <laughs> make other people laugh. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you're like, you've got to be really fucking funny or I'm going to punish you. Mm. Um I think that's an element of stand-up comedy. We mm. don't just make, you know, we're not willing to just make a space where we're going to, like, you know, give people the benefit of, like, mm. freely laughing at, like, stuff that they're saying. I don't know. Mm. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Which is really cool. I love right. that. Like, right. a really, like, positive stand-up comedy night. Do you know what I mean? Because also, like, often comedy, like, stand-up comedy is mobilised in, like, quite reactionary ways yeah. like some of the stuff that they that they use to like get people laughing is it plays off these kind of like resentments and like structures of of you know oppression and stuff whereas it could be so much cooler you know like comedy for the people like by the people uh, um like you're saying We'd yeah. be, and like we, we should like try and fucking reclaim it because it's really like hard to access as well an elitist and the same with acting like, you know, we want everyone to have access to, or to, like, be able to play with these things. Mm. Um, and to be, like, received positively when they do so. Mm. Um, and and humoured. Mm. But, like, there's no space for that, and increasingly less. Mm. Or decreasingly, yeah. Interestingly, I don't know what you Which I know from your experiences of, like, acting stuff, like, yeah. just how fucking elitist and, like, yeah. insular and exclusive it is. And I'm like, No! Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, and what did you say before, Dan, that um, the kids that go to Eden, they all yeah. have... Tell me about that. They do. They have, like, two proper fucking drama studios, apparently. I saw this somewhere the other day. And they have, like, serious acting training. It's about, like, building confidence and self-awareness and, like... The kind of stuff See, we've that, been talking that about. Is, that is proof of exactly what I'm talking about. And that, that yeah. is really good evidence as to why it's totally legitimate to take this very seriously as, mm. as yeah. like, kind of like revolutionary yeah. politics. Yeah. Because our, our If fucking, they do our, it to yes. maintain their yes. fucking like, position of power, then yeah. we need to... So maybe there's a weapon we can use there, you know what I mean? Yeah. For ourselves. we got to train up. <laughs> but also not so use it as a, as a trade. Like, not, not be sucked in to start using it as, like, taking... 
So what I was going to say is that um, once there was a, a comic that I met and we were all talking in a group, like a social group, and I told a story that was particularly funny, something that had happened to me. And he wrote it down, he was like, sorry, do you mind if I uh, use that in my show? And went to, went to um, yeah, he did shows and people paid tickets to laugh at him. He said, essentially, my story was in there being laughed at. And I thought about it and I was like, you know what, I actually don't feel comfortable with you taking, like, I felt comfortable with mm. everyone else laughing because it was more of an equal laughter. But as soon as you take that away from me and sell it, and mm. I was like, I actually don't. And But I couldn't then be like, I take the story back because now he, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's something that I found really interesting. Mm. It's not that you want to privatise your no, experience. No, it's not. It's that you don't want him to, to privatise and capitalise off your experience. And that's what yeah. I mean. You, know? you, you don't want to exploit yeah. it. Yeah. So you have to not. You have to be comedic and act, but not in in that way. Mm. But yeah. That's like how people instrumentalise each other in activism as well. Like you know, activist hobnobbing and networking. Yeah. Like mm. I need to know all these people because they are like resources for me to exploit in mm. my like particular arena of activist struggle mm. or like campaign and yeah. similar with that you know they're like oh you you have a great like little life experience that i'm gonna yeah. like just hijack and use yeah. instrumentalize you there for my own mm. yeah. whether it's activism or like you know your like personal trade i don't know what yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Pff, boring don't want that you know what i mean <laughs> well so just like you know we probably should wrap it up in about five minutes or okay. so okay um because I gotta catch the train cool. ultimately, but um, I've really enjoyed this. It's yeah. been great. I have really enjoyed this too. I, yeah, it's been really nice, and we sort of did the same thing that happened with Adriana. We just talked about activism and, and stuff like that most of the time, but we also talked about a lot of other things that were mm-hmm. that were interestingly kind of uh, not related to activism, that, but then also kind of got tied into it. So that was really interesting. No, I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much for sitting down with me. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, but we do have a few minutes to kind of uh, talk about any other things we feel like it. What will you do for the rest of the day? We're going to the Sex Workers Opera. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah, which they crowdfunded to set up. And then, yeah. Sounds dope. I think, yeah. I don't know if everyone in it is, is sex workers and they wrote it and mm. directed it. I don't know if it's like collaborative with other people. Like, it says sex workers and their friends. And their so it's sick, sick. a very big... I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah. It's got, yeah. I feel like really well reviewed. That's mm. what you were saying, Rosie. So, interesting. Yeah. Not that that's important, but like... Yeah, <laughs> no, like, you know, good for them. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just happy for that yeah. it's going so well. Cool, that's awesome. Are you? Uh, did you have fun at the party last night? Yeah. Oh my god, so tired. <laughs> yeah, you're up really late. Night buses. Well, we just left at two. Uh, we only got back at like almost four. Yeah. A night bus. Liverpool Street was closed down, so we had to go find like a night bus from somewhere else. And then they just take ages, and all the seats were gone, so we were like slouched on the stairs. Mm. But how exciting but that so many people were up at that time! Like the night bus was full, we were standing the whole way, mm. and pe- the amount of people at a bus stop, I was like, it's like three in the morning. Like I want to know what everyone's been up to, what everyone's doing. Didn't feel like it, didn't it? It was like warm, and there was like a light yeah, rain, it was, it was and it felt strange. like it was like ten p.m. or something. <laughs> kind of surreal, but really, yeah. Yeah, sounds beautiful. I'm well up for the night tube though. I've you know never, gonna I've have never been on the London. night bus in London. Oh, you're missing out. Mm, it's a particular like, like subculture so, and experience. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah. There's okay. a lot of different people come together. It's oh, a good, good observing time. Oh, that's very interesting, yeah. Scroobius Pip and Dan Lissac have a great song about <laughs> going on night buses in London. <laughs> night bus sleeper, I think it's called. Nice, thanks <laughs> for the tip. Thanks for the tips. I'll, I'll look into these things. Cool, so maybe we'll just call it call it a day. Here. But what are you doing for the rest of the day? Um, yeah, I'm just going to hop on the train back to Southampton. Uh, and then probably just 
chill out. Uh, probably read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've sort of been, like, realizing that uh, reading remains to this day, like, one of my only, like, true, re- truly deep and reliable pleasures. Yeah. That's cool. You know, just, like, something that just, I just, gives me pleasure, like, deep pleasure. I don't have many things in my life that give me pleasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, like, a dour fuck who, like, you know, <laughs> like, um, I do lots of things, like, for fun, and, you know, I, um, but just, like, there's just not, like, I, I'm not, like, above TV or anything like that, but, like, I just don't want, I, it just doesn't give me pleasure, like, I can't, it doesn't give me anything. Uh, so, like, I don't watch TV. Even, like, movies, I sometimes, like, I like, I like movies every now and then, but I just, like, I don't want to watch them. <laughs> uh, like, going home to watch a movie just doesn't, like, that doesn't, like, attract me very often. Often there are, like, there are certain movies that I'm very interested in. I'll, like, want to see them. But it's more, like, that's, like, my voracious, like, appetite for, like, knowledge and information and, and stuff ideas. like that. Mm-hmm. And experience and ideas, yeah. It's not, like, pleasure. It, uh, so it's just, like, things that actually just, like, make me feel relaxed and good and happy and at, and at peace. Like, to this day reading has been the only one like this since I came of age that just like I really like to do um and yeah and it's like ever since I got this job I actually like uh have not been reading much Uh, it's ironic right you think like (laughs) you go into academia you probably read a lot right like no I actually like have less time than ever to like read books um so I've been thinking about that a lot uh and I think the reason it's on my mind is because I forgot to bring a book on this little uh, two, uh, day, two day trip. Do you want to take one? No, no, no. It's totally fine. It's fine. Uh, no, sure? I got podcast man for that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, what are you reading? Uh, uh, always reading. Like always in the middle of like a million things. Yeah. <laughs> are you one of those people? Yeah. I used to not be. I used to be like a, a real stickler for like one at a time. That's exactly the same. Uh, yeah, but, the same. but then, but then the thing is, like, I realized very quickly I would never be able to uh, read much if I if I did that. Yeah. Um, so now I'm like totally the other end of the spectrum. I'm just constantly reading everything, and if um, if I get bored, I just stop reading, mm. basically. And I'm fine with that. I used cool. to be very have to finish. I used yeah. to be hyper, like hyper obsessed with that. Um, but again, but it was like self. It was a discipline thing. Mm. It was like I'm never going to be a successful intellectual if I don't like, <laughs> uh, if I don't like impose this like uh, punishment on myself, you know. Uh, but now that like I've carved out a little spot for myself, I'm like more or less stable for the moment. Um, now I'm like. Fuck that! I'm smart as shit. I don't need to like read all of these books to completion <laughs> just to convince myself that I'm like, uh, like serious and disciplined. Like I know I'm serious and disciplined. I can like quit a book if I fucking feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go, Justin. That's, that's what, great. That's what's up. Um. Anyway, yeah. So no, this has been great. I really appreciate it. And, and and sincerely, actually, this was of all the podcasts I've done so far, this was especially. It just felt especially relaxed to me for some reason. Um. I don't know if it's your the charm that you two uh, <laughs> have. Exert, exude. It's probably partially that. I think it's also been nice to do three at a time. This is the first time I've done three at a time. Right. All the ones I've done have been one on one. Um. So I think maybe that was enjoyable. I think mm. I liked it. Maybe it like takes a little bit of pressure off mm. to have like more players in the game. You know. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, you're both really great, and it's been really pleasure. Oh, it's been really pleasurable to talk with both of you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, Justin. I've enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So. No need to like uh, go out on some sort of like big note. So we'll just uh, <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll just end it here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Say goodbye to our uh, zero listeners. <laughs> we love you. <laughs>